Um, and the whole time they're just teaching on communication and preaching and all kind of, all kind of things. And yet I found myself coming in here today not knowing exactly how I want to preach this message. And so I'm not exactly sure what's going to happen today, to be quite honest with you. We're just going to try to follow the Lord and see what happens. And so I want you to take your Bibles this, uh, this morning, if you will, and turn to the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter number 18. And, and I thought, Lord, I, I had some things I want to say. Uh, should I say these things first and then read the Scripture? Or should I read the Scripture first and say some things I want to say by way of introduction? And so I'm not exactly sure. I'm just going to go ahead and read the Scripture first and uh, like we normally do. And then I'm going to say a few things and then I'll make my way to the message eventually. And, uh, and I'm going to break it up into two parts today. I'm not going to try to preach it all this morning. In fact, we're going to preach it all this month. And so Genesis chapter 18 in your Bibles. And when you find your place, uh, let's all stand this morning. And we're going to start in verse number 1, Genesis 18 and verse number 1. The Bible says, And the Lord appeared unto him, talking about Abraham, in the plains of Mamre, and he sat in the tent door in the heat of the day. And he lifted up his eyes and looked, and lo, three men stood by him. And when he saw them, he ran to meet them from the tent door and bowed himself toward the ground and said, My Lord, if now I have found favor in thy sight, pass not away, I pray thee, from thy servant, let a little water, I pray you, be fetched and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. And I will fetch a morsel of bread and comfort ye your hearts. After that, ye shall pass on. For therefore are you come to your servant. And they said, so do as thou hast said. And Abraham hastened into the tent unto Sarah and said, make ready quickly three measures of fine meal. Knead it and make cakes upon the hearth. And Abraham ran unto the herd and fetched a calf tender and good and gave it unto a young man and he hasted to dress it. And he took butter and milk and the calf which he had dressed and set it before them. And he stood by them under the tree and they, talking about those three men, and they did eat. Skip down if you would to verse number 16. The Bible says, and the men rose up from thence and looked toward Sodom, and Abraham went with them to bring them on the way. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do, seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him? For I know him. Wow. Can the Lord say that about you? Oh, I know him. Brother so-and-so, oh, yeah. Yeah, I know him. For I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of him. And the Lord said, because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grievous, I will go down now and see whether they have done all together according to the cry of it which is coming to me. And if not, I will know. And the men... Turned their faces from thence and went toward Sodom. But Abraham stood yet before the Lord. Now I want you to turn over to a page to Genesis chapter 19. And I want you to look at verse number 1, if you will. Genesis chapter 19 and verse number 1. And in Genesis 18, we're reading about a man by the name of Abraham. 
But in Genesis chapter 19, we change gears and we're reading about a fellow by the name of Lot, Abraham's nephew. The Bible says in verse 1, and there came two angels. Well, that's interesting. There came two angels to Sodom and even, and Lot sat in the gate of Sodom. That's also interesting. We're going to talk about all these things, Lord willing. And Lot seeing them rose up to meet them, and he bowed himself with his face toward the ground, and he said, Behold now, my lords, turn in, I pray you, into your servant's house, and tarry all night, and wash your feet, and you shall, <coughs> you shall rise up early, go in your ways. And they said, Nay, but we will abide in the street all night. And we'll get into this in this month. We'll get into this. But that last line, but we will abide in the street all night, that was not even a possibility in Sodom. Verse 3, and he, talking about Lot, and he pressed upon them greatly, and they turned in unto him and entered into his house, and he made them a feast and did bake unleavened bread, and they did eat. But before they lay down, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, compassed the house round, both old and young, all the people from every quarter. And they called unto Lot and said unto him, Where are the men which came in to thee this night? Bring them out unto us that we may know them. And Lot went out at the door unto them and shut the door after him and said, I pray you, brethren, do not so wickedly. Behold, now I have two daughters which have not known man. Let me, I pray you, bring them out unto you and do you to them as is good in your eyes. You know, you got to stop and say and ask yourself a question. What would happen in the life of a father that he would get so bad that his alternative is, I've got two virgin daughters. I'll let you have them do whatever you want. Someone says, preacher, I would never do that. Let me tell you something. Outside of the will of God, you don't know what you'll do. And neither do I. That's why we better stay close to Jesus. You know, Jeremiah said, this heart is desperately wicked. Who can know what he said? That's why we have church. That's why we believe you ought to be in church. That's why we have, we have preaching. And, uh, and, and uh, boy, Lot's in a bad way. Verse 9, and they said, stand back. And they said again, this one fellow came into sojourn and he will needs be a judge. In other words, who do, who do you think you are? Now will we deal worse with thee? Then with them, and they pressed sore upon the man, even Lot, and came near to break the door. But the men, talking about the men inside, put forth their hand, pulled Lot into the house to them, and shut to the door. And they smote the men that were at the door of the house with blindness, both small and great, so that they weird themselves to find the door. You may be seated this morning. Father, thank you so much for your blessings. And thank you for the privilege to be back at Calvary Baptist Church. Lord, if there's not another one in here, and I, know, I, I believe there are many, but if there's not another one in here that's excited, boy, the one that's talking to you right now is, I sure am glad to be back at my church. I am sure am glad to be back with my people, my family, my church family, people that I love, folks that I enjoy, their presence, just being around them, fellowshipping with them. But no, Lord, not just that, but God, we love this place because this is not just the house of God, but God is at the house. And Father, we're thankful for your presence, your soul. You're so good to meet with us on a regular basis and to let us enjoy your sweet blessings and your spirit. And we thank you for that. 
God, I pray you knit our hearts together now as we take a few moments this morning and tonight and then the rest of this month. God, as we try to learn a great truth that I believe is going to be helpful to us, fill us with your spirit, save that one that's lost and undone without Christ, and God, encourage that child of God that's a little discouraged, uh, Lord, a little down and out. God, I pray that you'd encourage them today. Lord, my throat's very scratchy this morning. I'm not exactly sure why, but I pray that, uh, Lord, you'll just bypass all that, and somehow I pray folks will get the truth. We ask you for your help now. We give you praise and glory. We worship you, Father. We love you and praise you. And we ask these things in Jesus' precious name and for his sake. And all God's people said, amen. Thank you for letting us get away for a few days. My wife and I hardly ever in 30 years of ministry, uh, as far as I know, we've never missed. We've never missed that much time, including probably when we went to Israel. I don't think we probably missed quite that much uh, time. It's really about two and a half weeks. We just missed two Sundays but we missed several Wednesdays as well. But I want to say thank you to the church. Thank you for letting us get away for just a few days. And it was good for us, and it was good for you, I'm sure. And it's always good for you to hear uh, other men. And I'm going to be honest with you. God used this time away not only to refresh us physically, but God used this time away to refresh us spiritually. And God did something very significant in my heart. And, and so during the month of September, I want to give you a series. God didn't just give me a sermon. God gave me a series. And, and I, I'm not, you know, I've never really done series here at Calvary Baptist Church, but I do believe this is of the Lord. And so for the month of September, we're going to talk to you about this subject, finding victory in a failing world. And so I said that, and this was just a little commercial before I preached this morning, but I said that to say this, I want you to be here every single service. And I not only want you to be here, but I want you to invite somebody to come with you. Because you know somebody that's hurting. You know somebody that's struggling. You know somebody that's discouraged. And boy, all they've done the last little bit is watch Fox News and ABC and CNN and MSNBC. And I'm going to be honest with you, if that's all you do, you're going to be discouraged. I mean, you really are. Man, we have, we have so limited our news consumption. I know some, I know some people are saying, Preacher, you're, you're unattached to reality. You call it what you want, my dear friend, but I believe my spirit is more important than, uh, than the hearing what Fox News has to say or ABC or CNN. Uh, I know this, that I am pastoring in a generation where people are as discouraged as, they, as they've ever been and you don't need a preacher to come in here on Sunday and tell you how bad it is. What you need is a preacher to come in here on Sunday morning and say, you know what? We're going to be okay. Because we are going to be okay. My God has not changed. He has no less power. He has no less saving grace. You say, preacher, what about COVID? What about COVID? COVID is nothing that my God cannot take care of. And I just want you to understand that, listen, we're on the winning side and everything's all, everything's all right. And, and, and so I want you to be here and I want you to invite folks and I want you to bring people and you know a family member or a friend or a coworker or a teenager or someone and they're really struggling. I want you to tell them, listen, our pastor for the month of September is talking about how, how you can make it, how you can find victory even though the world's falling apart. How you can find victory. And we're going to tell you how you can do that. 
Have you ever had this feeling? Have you ever felt like you're literally living in a world that's unraveling before your eyes? I mean, it, it, it looks like we are standing in a world that is literally falling apart around us. We're seeing a world with more physical afflictions than we've ever seen in our life. And I'm so thankful for our medical folks that are in here this morning. We appreciate our medical professionals. And we've got several in here, but I'm going to tell you something. One of the things we're learning is this. They're not the fix-all. Their knowledge is limited. They're not God. They're not the great physician. And, and we're learning for the first time that we're fallible, that, that you know what, there's, there's just a chance. There's a chance. The doctor's not going to be able to fix it. And as good as they are and, and, uh, and, 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 and as well-being as they may mean to be, we're just finding out that, uh, that boy, physical afflictions are abounding. It's reported now that, that there are over, way over, in fact, 641,000 deaths related to COVID. Now, just in case you're interested and so you don't live in fear, it's also reported that in 2000, between 2017 and 2018, that over 61,000 people died from flu. <laughs> so be careful that you keep that in perspective. We're seeing a world with financial issues. Almost 800,000 people filed bankruptcy in 2019. And now we're watching as we see not only a nation, but we're seeing a world that's in upheaval. We watch the turmoil unfold in Afghanistan and we're watching the Taliban and we're watching uh, the persecution of churches and pastors and Christians and, uh, and uh, we're receiving word that the Taliban is going around and, uh, and seizing people's cell phones and if they have a Bible app on their cell phone, it's immediate death. If you helped America in any way, it's immediate death. And so now we've left so much equipment behind, they're flying our helicopters with U.S. symbols on the side and hanging people that helped our nation from those helicopters and flying around the city. We're watching all these things unfold. We're seeing corrupt teaching in the public school as they're trying to teach our kids evolution that they were, uh, that, that came from an amoeba or came from a monkey and now we are introducing something called critical race theory. You say, Pastor, don't go there. Too late. And, and what you need to do is make sure that you read up on things and make sure that you understand what your boys and girls and what your teenagers are being taught in the public school system. If you're sending your kids to public school, then you would do well to make sure that you find out what your kids are being taught in the public school. Now they're receiving a message of immoral inclusion. We're seeing perverted lifestyles promoted on a daily basis. We're living in a world where churches are dying on a weekly basis. They tell us now that 60% of all churches in America, 60% of all churches have either reached a plateau or are in decline. 60%. We're watching a world as the world is falling apart. But this is what we're going to preach about. And you know all that. But this is what we're going to talk to you about the month of September. Just because the world is falling apart doesn't mean you have to fall apart. Right. 
And you can have victory in the midst of a world that is crumbling all around you. And it seems like that everything is going off the deep end. I'm telling you that, my dear friend, if you are a child of God and you know Jesus as your Savior, hey, you can have victory and you can live the victorious life. And yes, you can smile. And yes, you can have joy. And yes, you can have happiness. Now, the world doesn't know what I'm talking about. But you and I can find victory in a failing world. Can I give you a few verses today? This is just introduction. First Thessalonians 5, 3, the Bible says, For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with a child, and they shall not escape. But verse 4 says this, But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. Somebody says, Preacher, What's going on? I'll tell you what's going on. Jesus is coming. That's what's going on. He says, ye are the children of light and the children of the day. We're not of the night nor of darkness. How about Romans chapter 8, verse 35. The Bible says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress, we're seeing that all over the place. Or persecution, we're seeing that all over the place. Or famine, we're seeing that all over the place. Or nakedness, or peril, or sword. And as it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are not just conquerors, but we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Amen. And can I give you John chapter 10? In verse 10, the Bible says, The thief cometh not but for, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus Christ said, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Somebody says, man, what is your deal? What is your problem? Have you not watched the news? Have you not heard about coronavirus? Have you not heard about Afghanistan? Have you not heard about the terrorism? Have you not heard about inflation? How can you have a smile? I'll tell you how I can have a smile. Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. And so I'm going to talk to us a little bit this month about how we can find victory in a failing world. And here's what we're going to do, church. We're going to examine for the next few services, we're going to examine a biblical family, Lot and his family, a biblical family who caved to a corrupt system and let me tell you what happened. It destroyed them. And the Lord is so gracious. You know what, you know what God does? People say, people say, we don't need Old Testament anymore, just New Testament. And I want to say, leave my Old Testament alone. Amen. You know what God graciously does in the book of Genesis? He picks a family and he pops the top off the house and he lets you and me look down inside and examine their lives and see what they're doing and what they're not doing. And we watch as their life literally falls apart. We're going to talk about that a little bit. And so I want you to find your place in Genesis chapter 18. And, and with that said, this morning I want to talk to you about this subject. The contrast between Abraham and Lot. The contrast between Abraham and Lot. I hope to get through the first Two points, but boy, it's, it's maybe not going to happen this morning. And, but we'll, whatever we don't do, we'll try to finish it tonight if we can. So the contrast between Abraham and Lot. What an interesting story in Genesis chapter 18. 
I'm going to be honest with you. I've always read this story as if these three men come to Abraham He feeds them. He bestows honor upon them. He is very hospitable to them. And then I've I've always, in my mind, as I read this story, I always envision these three men as they leave and they journey to Sodom and then Sodom is judged. As these three men leave and go to Sodom, I see Abraham enter into his prayer closet and he enters into a time of of communion with, with God. But actually, that's not what happened at all. Notice, if you will, here in Genesis chapter 18 and 19, we notice here that only two of the three men that came to Abraham journeyed to Sodom. Look, if you will, at Genesis 19 and verse number one. Again, this, I don't know if this is going to, I don't know if this zings you like it zings me, but I'm just reading through it. I'm like, man. Genesis 19, one, the Bible says, and there came how many? Two. But in Genesis 18, how many were there? There were three. But the Bible says in Genesis chapter 19, and there came two angels to Sodom and even, and Lot sat in the gate of Sodom. Lot seen them rose up to meet them, and he bowed himself with his face toward the ground. And so let me tell you what's going on here, Calvary. One of these men, one of these three men was in fact the Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ. This is what we call a Christophany. This is the Lord uh, coming to meet Abraham uh, and he remains in the presence of Abraham and they commune together. Look at Genesis 18 and verse 22. The Bible says, and the men turned their faces from thence and went toward Sodom. But Abraham, two of those men went to Sodom, but Abraham, uh, 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 I'm sorry, but Abraham stood yet before the Lord and Abraham drew near. And said, wilt thou, he's talking to the Lord now, wilt thou also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Look at verse, uh, look at chapter 18, verse 16. The Bible says, the men rose up from thence and looked toward Sodom and Abraham went with them to bring them on the way. Verse 17, interesting. The Bible says, and the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham the thing which I do? Skip down to verse number 33, Genesis 18, verse 33. The Bible says, and the Lord, and the Lord went his way as soon as he had left communing with Abraham, and Abraham returned unto his place. Now again, get the story. So there are three men that come to meet Abraham. He greets them. He's hospitable to them. We'll talk more about that later on. He takes care of them. He feeds them. He dines them, takes care of them. And then the Bible says that they rise up to go to Sodom. Our Bible says, though, that when they come to Lot and Sodom, there's only two, not three, only two. And the reason there are only two is because our Bible tells us that the Lord stayed there with Abraham. One of those three men were Christ. And he stays there with Abraham, and Abraham and Christ begin to commune. Now, I don't know if this is exciting to you, but I'm going to tell you something. I wrote this down, highlighted it. Man, I made it bold in my outline here. Abraham had a one-on-one What seems to be a face-to-face conversation with none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. You say important? Yeah, it's pretty important. 430 years, 42 generations before we ever hear about Bethlehem, before we ever hear about a little maid, the name of, of Mary or Joseph, 430 years before we ever hear any of that, here the Lord Jesus Christ is communing with Abraham. Now, 
I want you to hold your finger right there, okay? But I want you to turn with me because you just got to see this. I mean, it's just too good for you not to see. And so hold your place in Genesis. I want you to turn over real, quick, real quickly, if you want, to John chapter 8, the Gospel of John. John chapter 8, and look at verse number 56 this morning. John chapter 8 and verse number 56. And, uh, and I'm going to be honest, as we read Genesis chapter 18, it brings brand new revelance to John chapter number eight. Now what's going on in John chapter number eight? Well, the Lord Jesus Christ is in the temple and he's teaching and he's talking to Jews and he's talking to the Pharisees and the religious leaders. And, uh, and in, this, uh, in this discussion in the temple, Jesus is having a discussion with the Pharisees and religious leaders and the Jews. He's having a discussion about Abraham. And boy, they're just, they're all about Abraham, their father. They don't, walk, they don't walk in his ways, but they are all about tradition. Look what it says in John chapter 8 and verse number 56. John 8, 56, the Lord Jesus is speaking, and this is what he said. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Look at verse 57. Then said the Jews unto him, Thou art not yet 50 years old. Jesus died. How old was he when he died? 33. And they said, Thou art not yet 50 years old. And hast thou seen Abraham? Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you before Abraham was, I am. He said, you're not, even, you're not even 50 years old. And are you trying to tell us that you've seen Abraham? And my dear friend, if Jesus wanted to, he could have pulled up a chair and said, Buddy, I've not only seen him, I've sat down and ate with him. I've had a meal with him. I've fellowship with him. I've communed with him. I want to tell you what, man, what a God, what a God we serve at Calvary Baptist Church. Now I want to just bring a little tidbit out here real quickly if I could. Man, I'm just studying. The Lord's just giving me all this stuff and I just want to share it with you. One of the things I notice about this story as well is this. The life of Sodom was extended at least for a time simply because of Abraham's hospitality. In other words, these men came with the intention, we're going to judge Sodom. In other words, when we leave, there's nothing left. And there was nothing left. Ash. The Bible says that the Lord smote even that which grew upon the ground. And so there was nothing left. And so these men have come with the intention, we're going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. But I notice here that, that, that the life of Sodom was extended at least just for a little while longer simply because of the hospitality of Abraham. Look at Genesis 18 and look at verse number three. Uh, verse number three, the Bible says, and uh, this is talking about Abraham, verse three, and said, my Lord, if thou have found favor in thy sight, pass not away. In other words, fellas, don't go. Lord, don't go. I pray thee from thy servant, let a little water, I pray you be fetched and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree and I will fetch a morsel of bread and come for you your hearts. After that, you shall pass on for therefore are you come to your servant. And they said, and they said, so do as thou hast said. Now, when I read that, this is what I thought, uh, that, that, that the life of Sodom, those that lived in Sodom were at least extended a little bit more grace simply because Abraham was willing to show some hospitality. Now, if Abraham would have never shown that hospitality, this is what I believe. I believe those men would have went on to Sodom. But Abraham showed hospitality. 
And because of that hospitality, grace was given. Hey, can I tell you one of the things that stands out about Calvary? One of the things that stands out about Calvary Baptist Church is our hospitality ministry. One of the things, and I love this, one of the things that I love hearing out in the community is this. When I went to Calvary, I was made to feel so friendly. Or so, uh, I was made to feel so welcome. I mean, it's one of the friendliest churches I've ever been to. I mean, I walked in and folks shook my hand and then other folks shook my hand and people welcomed us. And, and, uh, and then I had some, uh, some folks told me this just the other day. They said, preacher, we came to service and I mean, man, they just welcomed us in with open arms and, uh, and we came back the next time and we thought, well, you know, it'll sort of, uh, you know, that first time, we'll get him that first time, but the second time won't be like that. He said, we came back the second time, and he said, man, people shaking our hands and welcoming us in. Came back the third time. Man, folks were welcoming us in and making us feel welcome and shaking our hands. And all this is to be counted. That's all I'm saying. If there is one thing that we want to take to the next level in 2021 and 2022, we want to take our hospitality ministry to the next level. I want this to be the friendliest church in North Carolina when people... People walk in here. I want them to know. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you look like. I don't care how rich, how poor. I don't care what your past is. I don't care what skeletons are in the closet. When you walk into this place, you are welcome. You're welcome. Now I want us to look at this story real quickly today. Great day. How in the world can time go so fast? I want us to see today, maybe not this morning, but I want us to see three contrasts between Abraham and Lot. And I love this first one. Number one, we see the difference between religion and relationship. Now, did you notice as we read our scripture this morning that in Lot's heavenly encounter, only the angels came to Lot. Christ didn't come. Look back at it, if, if you will. Genesis chapter 19, verse number one. The Bible says, and there came two angels to Sodom and even. Now, if you like to mark your Bible up, I want to encourage you to underline that phrase or circle it. And there came two angels to Sodom at even. And so in Lot's heavenly encounter, only, only the angels came. But I noticed this. Turn back to Genesis 18. And verse 1, in Abraham's heavenly encounter, it was not just the angels. We find here the Lord was very present. Genesis 18, verse 1, the Bible says, And the Lord appeared unto him in the plains of Mamre, and he sat in the tent door of the heat of the day, and he lifted up his eyes and looked, and lo, three men stood by him. And when he saw them, he ran to meet them from the door, bowed himself toward, uh, uh, toward the ground, and said, My Lord, if thou have found favor in thy sight, pass not away, I pray thee, from thy servant. Now, I read that, and I thought, wow. Abraham enjoyed the sweet communion of the Lord Jesus Christ. One experienced messengers. The other experienced the Messiah. One experienced a message. The other experienced mercy. One experienced moving. The other experienced miracles. One man experienced warning. The other experienced the warmness of the Savior. One experienced judgment. 
but the other experienced Jesus. Did you know that there's a difference in having a religion and entering a relationship with Christ? You see, what, what I'm saying this morning, Calvary, is this. I believe this. I believe that Lot had a religion, but Abraham had a relationship. And by the way, by the way, just in case you're wondering, that's why so many church folk who are attending churches are so up and uh, just, I mean, uh, don't know what they're going to do. They're distraught. They're beside themselves. I mean, they're just all to pieces. And uh, it just seems like they don't know what they're going to do. Now, let me tell you why. They may be going to church, but they have a religion. They don't have a relationship. And when you have a relationship over religion, it changes everything. If you ever get to the place, this is all I'm preaching, if you ever get to the place where you have an encounter, not with the preacher, not with the deacon, not with the Sunday school teacher, but if you ever get to the place where you have an encounter with the Savior, hey, the Christian life will no longer be an obligation. It's why Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse number 7, Peter said like this, unto you therefore which believe, he's precious. Unto you, therefore, which believe is precious. It's why the psalmist David said in Psalm 34, 8, Old taste is see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. This is all I'm preaching, Calvary. If you ever have a relationship with Jesus, nobody will have to bribe you to come to church. And nobody will have to check on you all the time. And I, our correspondence ministry is doing a fabulous job but nobody will have to send you cards and letters all the time. Because if you have a relationship, you'll want to come. You'll want to come to God's house. Nobody will have to, listen, nobody will have to, you know, these people sometimes, sometimes they come here. Like, all oh, that preacher preaches on is, is tithing. And I cannot even tell you the last time I preached on tithing. And that's, by the way, that's probably a negative on me. All that preacher wants to preach on is tithing and giving and money snatching and all that kind of thing. I want to tell you something. You know what? You know the problem with people like that? They have a religion. They don't have a relationship. Because if you ever get to know the Savior that I have, <laughs> if you ever have a one-on-one, -on -one, if you ever have a time of communing and fellowship with the Son of Man and the Son of God and the Prince of Peace and the Prince of Glory and the bright morning star, if you ever have a one-on-one -on -one with him, nobody will have to preach to you about giving it. Nobody will have to bend your arm behind your back to get you to tithe. Man, you can't wait to get here and give because you love him. Relationship over religion. This just a few days ago, Miss Tammy and I left to go on a wonderful time of vacation. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest with you, church. This little redhead over here, nobody had to come and bend my arm behind my back. You're going. You're going. I'm telling you what, you're going. You're going on vacation with that little redhead. If it's the last thing you do, you're going. You're going. Oh, 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 okay. okay I'm nobody had to do that. You know why? We've got a relationship. She's still a good kisser. <laughs> Let me teach you young whippersnappers a little something here. Just because there's a little snow on the roof don't mean there's not some fire down below. Amen. That's right. 
They didn't have to. Nobody had to bribe me to go. Nobody forced me to go. You know why? We've got a relationship. Man, we couldn't wait to go. We were counting down the days. Man, we had everything packed. Man, we're ready to roll. You know why? We had a relationship. Somebody says, preacher, who made you come today? Are you kidding me? Who made me come? Well, I guess we have to go back tonight. Bless your heart. I feel so sorry for you. I feel so sorry for you. Well, you know, preacher wants to come to revival. We'll have to go. I feel so sorry for you. No, I'm serious. My heart goes out to you. Man, I feel like crying for you right now. So I'm telling you, man, if you ever get to that place where you transition from religion to a relationship and you realize how loving he is and how merciful he is and how amazing he is and what a blessing he is and how caring he is and how, how dedicated he is and how excellent he is. I'm telling you, if you ever get to that place where you realize how good he is, you know what? You'll be standing at the door and want to get in early. Preacher, we are having service tonight, aren't we? I can't wait to come. Preacher, we are having revival, aren't we? We are having Wednesday night, aren't we? Hey, pastor, we are going to take up an offering, aren't we? I got to give. I got to serve. I don't have to come to Sunday school. I get to come to Sunday school. Preacher, how can you walk into the pulpit so upbeat and happy? And I mean, you saw all that went on this week. Why are you so, you know, what's your deal? Is it like a, a preacher facade, you know, fake it if you can't make it, fake it if you can't make it, you know? No. I'm genuinely happy. You know why I'm happy? I don't have religion. I have a relationship. With the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Man, I wanted to get through that second point so bad because I had an illustration that's going to knock your socks off. <laughs> but I'll knock them off tonight. If you'll be here, would you bow with me this morning? Father, thank you for this time that we've had together today. Oh, God, help us, Lord, not just to have religion. God, help us to have a relationship. Lord, what a sad story. Just the angels came to Lot. And they came with a message of judgment. But Jesus came to Abraham. 